As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Well, by his standards, it had been a quiet few weeks. The worst start ever to a calendar year in his career. There's been speculation about his future, there's been doubts about his commitment. Last week for the Manchester derby, he wasn't even in the country, but here tonight at Old Trafford, Cristiano Ronaldo gave us all a reminder. Nobody Ronaldo likes the look of this. It's a good ball through as well. And now Ronaldo is offside. He's done it again. Cristiano Ronaldo. Goal given. Goal is given. Cristiano Ronaldo's got it. And he's broken yet another record. Corner from the right. The header is magnificent. Cristiano Ronaldo. After his first Manchester United hat-trick, he gets his second, and it might be the match winner. 3-2. Nobody does it better. That's it. Manchester United still alive in the top four battle. Just about everyone smiling. What a night. This is Talk of the Devils, the Athletics Manchester United podcast. I'm Ian Irving and here we are recording live inside Old Trafford with two men with massive grins on their faces. Laurie Whitwell and Andy Misson. Great to have you with us as always. We've been in the presence of greatness once again tonight, Andy, haven't we? I forgot Ronaldo was quite good. Yeah, he was fantastic. Scoring a hat-trick, breaking another record and I think he really needed it because he's been under a lot of pressure, he's had a lot of criticism. I didn't see evidence that his hip was playing up against uh, Tottenham and he's brought a smile to our faces but to the faces of United fans and I think we really needed that after that week where we got hammered in the derby. That, that, that 
roar at the end of the match. I've missed that. We've not had that enough this, this season. And it was a five-goal game. I was really nervous watching it. It was a very open game. Tottenham are good. I was fearful before the match, but three goals from Ronaldo. Manchester United stay fourth. I know Arsenal have got like 300 games in hand, but we're smiling and with good reason. Football can do that to us. It was a good atmosphere and we can now look forward to the next game, which is another huge match. This place just about quietened down from that hat-trick goal for Cristiano Ronaldo. It's just approaching 9pm on Saturday evening as we record this inside the ground. People are picking up litter. That's about it. There's just us and them, Laurie, isn't there? Great night that, wasn't it, for United and such an important result. Yeah, huge result. Uh, I mean, you look at these two games, could have been doomsday in terms of loss here, going out of the Champions League to Atletico Madrid, and then they've not got a game for a couple of weeks, and it would have been a real dark cloud around the place. But actually, this gives huge momentum, and you do feel that actually performing like that, with Ronaldo being a man possessed like he was out there tonight, um, they can really do some damage to Atletico Madrid. I do think Andy missed a trick there, or I thought you were going to say something about presence of greatness, because we had Michael McIntyre here. Enough about him. What about Cristiano Ronaldo? I thought that's what you were leading up to with your intro there. I didn't even know he was here, to be fair. I thought you were going to say Tom Brady, <laughs> let alone he's more famous than. Is he more famous than Ronaldo? Tom Brady? Probably not. Close. No, he's close. Is his wife more famous than Cristiano Ronaldo? Who's his know. wife? His wife is um, a southern Brazilian supermodel called Giselle Bunchen. You've sold it for me. Yeah, well, she's, the, she's been the world's top earning model for a, a, a long time. You seem to know a lot about her, Andy. <laughs> I don't know what to say to this. I'm, I'm trying to think of a smart answer. but Laurie's the Northern Quarter later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it was lovely to see Tom Brady post-match down pitch side. He was applauding during the game when Ronaldo scored, but Ronaldo and, and Brady, Goat and Goat, were having a good bleat together, weren't they, pitch side? And just before that, there was about... I think there was a group of probably about nine or ten United players surrounding Tom Brady, hanging on his every word, like we would be if it was a Manchester United footballer there, pushing the children forward to have a picture and all this sort of stuff. It was lovely to see. And he picked a good night to come in fairness, didn't he? Uh, because it's not like that all the time, Tom, if you're listening. <laughs> and it certainly hasn't been this season. In terms of Ronaldo then, let's just talk about him first because it's not been an easy time for him or for us watching him and being around the club as well. One in 10 before tonight he'd scored, Laurie. And obviously last weekend, so much controversy around the fact that he wasn't at the Etihad Stadium for the game, whether on the pitch, on the bench or in the stand or whatever. He wasn't even in the country. So it was a bit of an emphatic answer for him to do that tonight. He needed to do it in some senses, didn't he? Yeah, I think you could see that that was a response. I know, you know, there's different versions of, of what happened going around, but you could tell that that was a man that wanted to show, I am one of the world's greatest players still. And he kind of willed a hat-trick, didn't he? You know, the way and I'm allowed a few days in Portugal if I want them. I'm allowed a few days in Portugal. Well, listen, Ralph Rennick at the end there uh, was just joking, asked him a question in terms of whether he could sense that Ronaldo was going to kind of produce this performance. And he said, well, actually, we were just joking that we should allow him three days in Portugal, then two days not training for the rest of the season because he was obviously brilliant. He said he trained really well on Thursday, the levels that we saw tonight, and that's why I decided to start him despite not training with the group um, the whole week. But yeah, I do think you, you flick back to that Manchester um, derby, and if Ronaldo wasn't going to be in the team before the game, which is 
you know, quite possible with the way that they were setting up with the training, with the false nines. Uh, and then he's got this hip flexor injury sort of off the back of that, you know, whether he kind of felt a bit bruised by the fact that he wasn't going to be in the team. It's a huge game for someone of his stature to kind of be put on the bench. It's a difficult one. Um, so clearly he's, you know, he's come into this game with a, a kind of point to prove maybe. But it wasn't just the goals. It was, I mean, Ranić touched on this. It was the all-round play and you could sense it in the first sort of five, ten minutes. He picked up the ball in the left-back position to start with, then came across the right-back position. And at times this season, I've sort of thought he's sort of doing too much. He's getting too much involved and slowing the play down. But actually, he was really energising it and kind of sharp with his passes. Everything was with a purpose. I mean, when he got the goal, you know, when he got the ball from Fred, lovely flick, by the way. Benton Corp got sold a dummy by Fred, then Pogba later on, then got nutmegged by Fred. So he had a real torrid time in the field. But as soon as he got the ball, you sort of thinking, hit it. Usually you'd think, no, don't hit it with a player that far out. But you could just tell. And we had a beautiful angle, didn't we, in the press I box. did down there as well. I said, woof, before it went in. You knew from the moment it left his foot yeah. that it was going in. It was a great start to the game, Andy, wasn't it? But I think, I think the third goal considering United's record from corners especially, but the determination, it was great that he shrugged off Romero as well, wasn't it, considering he was shouting in Maguire's face after the own yeah. goal? Yeah, I thought it was a bit unnecessary for, for Romero it to was, do It was, wasn't that. it? Yeah. I thought, I didn't notice Niggle between them. Betancourt, that's the uh, player I, I built up and said was excellent ahead of, <laughs> of, of this match. Alex Fred Tellis. only nutmegged him twice, it's fine. Fred had a great game and I think Laurie got the best answer out of Ralph Rangnick in the post-match press conference and certainly a smile and a bit of a joke. But I asked him about Fred because I felt that Fred had a, a really good game and Ralph Rangnick said it was probably the best game he'd, he'd seen. He was everywhere, he did the flicks, he set, set up. And uh, we've now got senior people from Manchester United listening to our every word. Praising the team. <laughs> praising the team, praising Fred here. Um, he did, John, yeah. This is John Murta, by the way, the football director at Manchester United. He's an avid listener to Talk of the Devils. What, Neymar? You're signing Neymar tomorrow? I thought the transfer window had closed. <laughs> and, and Mbappe? Is that a bit ambitious? Nice one, yeah. I think that'll go, go down well. Um, the, the Alex uh, hits a good free kick. I think he, he hits a good corner. My take from the free Ronaldo goals is that this wasn't a Ronaldo hat-trick with a couple of penalties. They were really hard goals to score. They were fantastic goals, all of them. The header was brilliant. The shot in the first half was brilliant. The finish um, when the ball came across was brilliant. And his directness was there throughout. He was shooting from distance right from the start of the game, even when it didn't look like he was going to score. So I felt he was really on it today. He, he had a point to prove and he absolutely proved it because I feel there was a consensus growing that it's been a bad signing. And as, as deep as that? Yeah, I do. I do. I think I think it's really shifted against him in the last month with him stopping scoring goals, with mixed briefings coming out. I think that if you'd ask most United fans, would you be unhappy if he left at the end of, of the season? That was definitely going that way, wasn't yeah, it? it? I was. think yeah. It was. So yeah. today, against a good Tottenham team, a Tottenham team who were good enough to beat Manchester City, which Manchester United certainly weren't, great I'm just buzzing because we've had so many downs it's nice to have an up against a direct rival as well this wasn't putting free past Burnley no no this is a pivotal result in yeah. United season wasn't it considering the backup in the top four now if they'd lost tonight they would have of course been below Tottenham in the table just to go back to Ronaldo for a minute he's the second oldest player now in Premier League history to score a hat-trick in the competition would you like to name the oldest Laurie 
I've seen this on Opta, Teddy Sheringham. Oh. Sorry, I spoiled your thunder there. Didn't I should I? have asked someone else, shouldn't I? <laughs> Never mind. Well done, yeah, it is Teddy Sheringham. <laughs> There's also a former Manchester United player in third, Andy. Would you like to say who the, the third oldest hat trick scorer in Premier League history is? So we've had Sheringham. Ronaldo second. And a former Manchester United player. Now you put me on the spot here, and this is one where everyone's listening to this, going, "Can't believe you!" You're the general knowledge guru as well. You do the quizzes. I'm from, I do the quizzes. I'll give I'll give you a clue. It's more your era. And the oldest. He's the third oldest in Premier League history. Yeah. Score a hat trick. Yes. Ryan Giggs. No, no, no. no. Ryan Giggs getting hat trick. What am I on about? Third oldest Cole. in Premier League history. No. Former Manchester United player, but he scored it for Leeds. I'm going to fill the dead air. Gordon Strachan. Oh, I would never, never have got that. I would never, ever have got that. If you want a little bit of trivia on Gordon Strachan, I've interviewed Brian Robson a few times lately. Really surprised me how he kept picking Gordon Strachan out as being a top, top player. Because I expected him to go white side McGrath, but he said Strachan was a very brave footballer. And I, I just thought that's worth noting. Maybe he would have got that then. Going back to the game then tonight, yeah. in terms of United season from this point, mm. under a little bit of pressure with John listening, <laughs> what can this result do now moving forward, Tuesday and, and on from there? Tuesday's massive. The support that United fans give the team on Tuesday is vital because, you know, when Seville came here after that drawing eight team, United fans were average, average. You've they said can, this before. And they cannot be average. A journalist came up to me in Madrid the other night and said I was really impressed by the numbers Manchester United bought but your fans were pretty quiet until the equaliser I'm just telling people this because they can take revenge against that statement when they come here against Atletico I, I'm, I'm, is, this, is this the equivalent of a manager putting up the yeah. newspaper cutting in the dressing room? Yeah, it, is. it is because Atletico are a decent side they've got a, a massively motivated manager they're playing well Jao Felix is playing well keeps scoring after two, three, four minutes someone's mm. got to be right on his case right from the start of the match they're in really good form at the moment they're pressing more Griezmann's looking good Correa's looking good uh, Lamar's looking good you're making me worried really, again yeah, I'm, I'm worrying myself but I was also I was worried before the Tottenham game and obviously the players have got to be on it and Ralph Rangnick said that they've got to be 10-20% more than they were today but it is vital that the fans are properly on it against Atletico it is, it is so important and then you're giving them half a chance Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
Before we preview Tuesday's game, Laurie, there's a few bits that we need to round up from tonight because it was a massive disruption to Manchester United's preparation for this game. David De Gea, we understand, had a positive COVID test the day before the game, which was a lateral flow test. He then had two negative tests on the morning of the match, one of which was a PCR test, so he was cleared to play for this game. But no Bruno Fernandes in the squad and the players were arriving in their own cars for the match rather than meeting at the team hotel and coming on the team coach. So they did well really to come through that United. What, what was the situation around it, do you know? Well, you've explained it perfectly with De Gea um, and yeah, he was, I think he was going to be out the team. I think it was going to be Dean Henderson in, um, but then he managed to return this negative test and obviously the way the rules are now, you know, with the negative test, you're okay. I think it's a similar situation with Bruno Fernandes. So you never know before Tuesday, if he can come back negative, then you know, fingers crossed. And then, I think that's how they managed to contain it, really. And we'll, we'll see who's who's back. But it was, I suppose, it was a bit of intrigue before the game. But I think, I, I mean, I thought Pogba did quite well in the number ten role. I, I tweeted that after the game, and then everyone else is telling me that he was absolutely awful. Mm. Was he? Was he awful? Okay, I'll, I'll... He, he, he wasn't awful. He looked a bit too slow at times. He looked half a yard too slow. When was the last and, time you played number ten, though? Well, uh, what? Where... He sort of did, he swapped, didn't he? He swapped at home. Was it Southampton? Yeah, so not the, much though. It, it, yeah, in, yeah, it's been a, a kind of a role that he would probably say give me a chance a bit more in. But obviously Bruno's been the guy there, so you, you can't really shuffle it too much. But I, I, I just thought he did a few bits. You know, he, was, he shrugged off uh, Bentoncourt again. I think it was. You know, and his mate, him, and yeah, his mate, the, uh... and then you know, pass out wide to Sancho. And I just thought that that was a you know a, a, a lovely only a, the kind of move that only he can do. You're right. And I think, right. I think I think it was beautiful. Were, yeah. I mean, listen, he had a new haircut, didn't he? I mean, the, the bald head was... Pog ball, I called it. Pog ball, there we go. I mean, I, I got lucky in the, the when I was coming into the ground, it was literally as the players were coming in. So, obviously, we had this intrigue with who's who's here, who's not. So, I could literally, you know, see them with my own eyes and I could see that Fernandez wasn't, but I could see that Pogba was with a big hood up. And, obviously, he was waiting for the kind of big reveal, uh, you know, warm-up pitch side. And I was sort of, you could see, it's like, wow, he's, he's gone totally bald there. But, listen, maybe that means... You know, he means business uh, and... Trying to blind the Spurs defence with the shine off his head. <laughs> it sounds like a hair correspondent, Laurie, did, doesn't it? I mean, well, you can see why, can't you? Yeah. Quiff man talking about hair. <laughs> he can be the hair man and I'll, I'll be the models correspondent. That yeah. and we can... Well, we've suited those roles already tonight, haven't we? Certainly. Uh, Marcus Rashford, Laurie, you wrote about before this game. He gave more this evening against Tottenham, but he still just doesn't look himself, does he? Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, I think you do have to remember, he, he was carrying this team, 1920, and even sort of last season, he would be the guy that, you know, breaking case of emergency, um, you know, when away at West Ham, when they're losing at half-time, him and Fernandes come on, they win 3-1. So, he, he, you know, it's, it's not that long ago when he was that kind of player for United. And so you kind of have to do, I, I think he's, he's clearly had a, his confidence dented, hasn't he, with shift, shifting around, not being a regular starter, which he kind of was beforehand. Still, obviously, he's got to take accountability for his actions on the pitch and make sure that he, he gives all to himself. And I think he was doing that in the first half and certainly he puts himself about. I think you understood that it was going to be his number coming up when Antti Langa was warming up. He did have a slight knock as well, didn't he, to be fair? Oh, did you? I said, there we go. There's yeah. something else that I've missed apart from Pogba's rubbish display. In the corner, yeah. Just, just when Delo was clearing the ball. It was about five minutes or so right. before Rashford came off. How bad it was, I don't know, but he was feeling it a little bit. Well, he seemed to acknowledge he came off quick, didn't he? It wasn't like he was surprised, you know, no. at this development. But I thought at that moment there was a couple of times when he was running in behind and, and, and quicker passes might have, you know, unleashed him um, because it was an end-to-end game, wasn't it? I mean, Spurs, you have to give them credit for the way they performed, the crosses they got into the box. They obviously got in behind the full-backs a number of times. Harry Kane looked sharp. Son, Kulazewski, he's a real fan, isn't he? 21 from Sweden. But back to Rashford, I do... 
I'd love him to kind of get into a groove now. You know, obviously we've had the the kind of talk about him this week, what he's going to do at the end of the season, and that will still be a conversation. You know, he'll have two years pretty much left on his contract, and that will be a time of new contract. Or do you look at a uh, sale? Does he does he want if he wants to go? Maybe they do need to explore that because you know the value is only going to go down as we've seen with Paul Pogba and Jesse Lingard. So it's, it is a, a live issue, but um, I do think that yeah, today he was a lot better than he has been previously. I, I, I don't think he was that good today. I thought it was still pretty underwhelming, and I felt that he, he was. I wasn't surprised when he came off. I think he's trying. I totally agree with Laurie, and I'd love him to get back to a level that 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 he was at. But I think he needs. He still needs to do a lot more. When I see what Jaden Sancho's doing and Ralph Ragnick picking out confidence, 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 I don't see the same with Marcus Rashford. That was his first start today. In how long? In a month in the Premier League, he'd started away at Atletico, obviously, in the first leg of that. So in mitigation, and Lee Sharp says this in an interview, which will finally be published tomorrow. <laughs> Has think. it still not been published? It's still not been published. You offered a money-back guarantee. You owe a lot of subscription money now. I did, so meet me outside Old Trafford tomorrow, and I'll, I'll, give, <laughs> I'll give the money back to every single Athletic subscriber. Um, he said it's really, really difficult when you're in and out of a team just to come in and turn it on. And there's a lot of goodwill towards uh, Marcus. He was applauded when he came off as well, but I, I don't think he had a great game. No, Jadon Sancho did again though, didn't he? Showing personality now more and more, growing in a Manchester United shirt, it seems, and obviously getting the assist for Ronaldo's second goal tonight. You can read Laurie's take on Marcus Rashford on The Athletic at the minute. I'm guessing there'll be some take on Ronaldo going up sometime soon, Laurie, as well, yeah? Yeah, I mean, sometimes the story's the story. You know, we try and you know look a bit deeper or analyse certain aspects at The Athletic, but Ronaldo scoring a hat-trick amid everything yeah that's the becoming the greatest or highest goal scorer of all time in the history of football probably is a good reason to write a piece on him now yeah we've not even touched on that and then he also I mean second hat trick for Man United ever crazy that isn't it 49 in his career yeah yeah and just two for United crazy obviously the Newcastle one was a, was a great time you could you know the, there was a few tweets going around picture of him then picture of him now doesn't really look like his age too much to be fair so I want to know where he's getting his skin products from we're doing skin products now Andy as well yeah and Laurie's right, the Ronaldo is the story. I'm doing loads for the Athletic over the next few days. I'm not going to have a Sunday. Given that this is going to be the last podcast till after the Atletico game, I might as well say what I'm doing. I spoke to Diego Forlan the other day for the Athletic. He obviously played for uh, Atletico and Manchester United. I'm doing a big piece on Diego Simeone as well. I spoke to Gary Neville today about... Simeone. I spoke to Ted Beckham as well, actually, before the game, <laughs> because Simeone and, um, and David Beckham they had a little altercation. It wasn't really covered much in the media at the time <laughs> in the World Cup in France '98. I don't remember um, that. What happened? Um, I can't. I can't remember. I, I just don't think the media picked up on it. Neither did West Ham fans. I mean, that was. Uh, Being more serious about that. I don't think you get that type of reaction now from the media no, where, no. where he was absolutely vilified. I do think you'd get it from social media, but not the mainstream media. And I've got another piece for The Athletic, which, as I said... It's not Lee Sharp, is it? Oh, Sharp, yeah, Sharp's coming out tomorrow. It probably is Lee Sharp. He messaged me the other day, so when's that piece coming out? Because, you know, <laughs> put him under a bit of pressure to do it and, like, got it done. Like, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. And, uh, manana, manana, he's in manana. Spain now, he should understand that. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the, the way that... If Man United would have got beat 5-0 today, then tomorrow is not the day to be releasing a Lee Sharp interview because the mood will just not be about... It, it just won't accept that. And, and I get that, that's an editorial process. But with Manchester United winning, I'm pretty confident 
that people will be able to read Lee Sharp. <laughs> I realise he doesn't look very right? confident the way he's saying it's it. It's not my decision, is it? But I hope so. Poor Lee, he was dead good as well. It will be there at some point, I'm sure. So yeah, keep your eye out for Lee Sharp's interview with Andy on the Athletic sometime soon. Maybe this week, maybe the week after, maybe even the week after that. But it will be there at some point. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Right, let's do it then. Let's preview Tuesday night. We're still inside Old Trafford recording talk of the Devils. We're literally pretty much the last people inside this stadium. They've even turned the floodlights off. I just feel they're going to give us a high-vis jacket in a minute and start asking us to pick up litter, which is the only job that I think people are doing now. Make ourselves useful while we're still inside here. Yeah, the, the pitch is illuminated by the heat lamps, which are just on each of the dugouts to try and recover the grass after the match here tonight. But like we say, there is literally litter pickers and us inside this stadium. But on Tuesday night, it's going to be packed to the rafters. Andy Mitson has told us all that we need to be up for it, that we need to be loud, that we need to make Atletico welcome in certain terms in Manchester. It's a huge game for United. It's the biggest game of the season, isn't it, Laurie? Tonight was the biggest game of the season. And now it's going to be Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, because it's it's the only chance United have got to win silverware. You know, it's the Champions League. There's this sort of wild mystique. Can some kind of freakish set of results happen and United do well in this competition? Well, the first task is... Andy's taking in. pictures of empty football stadiums again. Well, he's not broken into this one, has he? So he's it makes a change, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> I've got a form for this, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking back when Andy was talking about that sort of welcome that he wants United fans to give Atletico. I was thinking back to the, what the Atletico fans were doing out in Madrid, which exactly. was was awesome, wasn't it? You know, yeah. they were lining the streets, waiting for the buses to come in, making it loud, making it kind of you know uh, exciting for the home fan, home players, and, and kind of intimidating maybe for the away players. So I don't know where United fans would necessarily line up. You know, United fans have got to raise a game because. Uh, they ain't the best in the world when it comes to making a noise. The atmosphere is miles better at most Argentinian grounds, big Italian grounds. Yeah, and I want you to be listening to this thinking, shut up, you knob, I'm going to prove you wrong on Tuesday <laughs> night. Because I mean that. And Atletico, we saw in Madrid, it was a banging atmosphere there. I saw PSG fans the other night. They were brilliant in getting behind their team. I know everyone has a go at PSG, and I understand why. They were proper fans. As they were at Old Trafford, I know they didn't behave themselves too well at Old Trafford but they make a racket. Old Trafford has got to be a cauldron on Tuesday for that Atletico game because they are a good team and I'll tell you all about the team if you want. Yeah, well, I think we should do that, Andy, because since Manchester United played that first leg over in Spain, fair to say United's form has been mixed. Atletico's hasn't, has it? They've won three in a row, including a 2-1 win over Cadiz on, on Friday evening. Like you say, Jao Felix keeps scoring, doesn't he, as well? Just pronounce Cadiz again. Cadiz. <laughs> uh, well done. Thank Maybe. you. I think you're supposed to make your Z's, T's, aren't right. you? Well, can I shoot 
what, chorizo then? What were we saying? Chorizo. Chorizo, right, okay, finally. Understood yeah. it. I've yeah. said it wrong for so many years. It is Spanish chorizo, isn't yeah, it? But he's been yeah. saying sausage rather than <laughs> Spanish sausage. There you go. Um, yeah, let's talk about what sort of shape they're in, what sort of form they're in. I mean, what was the view in Spain of Manchester United after, after that first result? That Manchester United were extremely lucky to get away with a, with a draw, which they didn't deserve. And I can see why that's the view. And they are vengeful because they battered Manchester United in the first half. United were terrible in that first half in Madrid. If they start like that again on Tuesday, they're going to get absolutely hammered. That game transformed Atletico. They'd not been good until then. I know they'd won their previous away game at Osasuna, but they hadn't played in that. But since the Manchester United game, they beat Real Betis away. Betis are a very good team. They're third. Jao Felix, as we saw, is absolutely flying for them. Llorente uh, is playing further upfield for, for them. And the team has, in general, have played in a more advanced role. I've actually made notes here. I'm reading from my notes. I can, I can see you doing that. I'm yeah. really... Is that the scouting report? Can you send that to United, right. please? Yes. Yes. Correa and Felix, they press from the front. Luis Suarez and Koke, they slow the team down. That's why they've been ditched. Griezmann's been coming off the bench, looking very, very good. He might start if Correa's not fit. He's got an ankle injury. Lodi's in form. He was really good in the first leg. He, he gave it to Lindelof play. problems, didn't he? It made it look like that was fit. a mistake to play him at right back. They're fit. They'll probably play back three of Savic, Jimenez and Reynaldo. Uh, Lorenzi might play right wing back, Lodi left back, midfield, Herrera, Koke, or Lamar is even better than him, DePaul in the middle. Um, if Lamar can make it, he'd probably be in for, for Koke. They are the champions of Spain. I've seen them de be defeated this year, I've seen them play really average games this year, but it's, it's a massive one. And Manchester United have properly got to be on it. And we can't have the season being sort of over. We can't just be talking about, can we be fourth at the start of March? Come on. Yeah, I think we all feel that. I mean, you were saying there about the wins against Osasuna and Real Betis in the last few weeks away from home for Atletico. Well, before that, they'd lost five in a row on the road in La Liga against Barcelona, Villarreal, Granada, Sevilla and Real Madrid. So that will at least give Manchester United some hope, Laurie, won't it? They're away form. They've won two of seven, albeit the last two. Yeah, and as we were saying, when it's like that tonight, as it was, the atmosphere and the kind of setting and the players they've got on the bench, you know, having Cavani off the bench was a real positive moment so that they could actually, you know, perhaps keep their foot on the pedal. Um, I do think that will give them real problems, Atletico. So, listen, it's going to be hopefully one of those special European nights. It, against Arsenal tonight, it felt like... Tottenham. Sorry. <laughs> against Tottenham tonight, it felt like... Atalanta at home, Villarreal at home, where it was kind of wild, kind of crazy. It, it was on edge. It could have gone the other way, but actually United showed personality and character to come through it. And that's United are at the best when it's like this, though. This United team, aren't they? They always seem to be at their best when the match is a little bit crazy and the structure goes, which goes against maybe what the manager's trying to do at times. But we enjoy it, certainly. I think you have to roll with it. That's the kind of team they are. Go with it. Simple as that. Sound like a Gallagher now. We're being asked to move on a little bit by one of the stewards and I reckon it's not because he wants us to move on, I reckon he's got a game of pool lined up with his mates tonight. Is that true or not? He might have a date. He might have a date. We can't stop romance from blossoming, can we? How long have we got? Ten minutes? The easy way or the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> the way or the hard way, I've just been told. Do we have to go, yeah? Can we have five minutes? Thank yeah. you. Five minutes. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much. Because right. we're regulars, we've got five minutes left. What should we talk about in the last five minutes, Anandi? 
Well, we've, d- we've done a lot on Atletico, haven't we? You have, yeah. On the, on the spot here. You put your notes away now as well. Put my scouting notes away. Um, I think we should accurately re- reflect the mood going into that game and, and that was just a, a big, big win today. Other talking points, were, um, the full-backs we touched on, on Telis, um, a lot. I think Varane definitely improves Manchester United's defence. He reads the game really well. He's a proper head. We've been missing him too much because of injuries, because of COVID or, or whatever. Um so it's, I think it's looking quite good with McTominay back in, in, in the frame. I thought Matic did all right today, especially in the first half. Pretty bold substitution, that. Uh, that was my reaction at the time. Well, you know, Victor Lindelof was coming on for Nemanja Matic when that second goal went in, and they had to then change the plans, so Ralph was going to shut up shop even earlier, it looked like. Are you like a pitch-side journalist or something like that? I should be, shouldn't I, with lines like that? And I also enjoyed the fan who was sat near Antonio Conte, who didn't watch the game at all he just spent the entire match telling Conte to sit down to which Conte didn't react even once unfortunately but he tried for the full 90 minutes sit down Antonio sit down <laughs> well I'll tell you that is a, another subplot to this fixture you know Antonio Conte who was available when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was sacked United said no thanks I think they thought he would be too disruptive and we're seeing with Spurs that it has been tense at moments you know he's talked about departures and whether he can really do it at Tottenham and they've been patchy up and down he's, he's had him in good form recently but we just spoke to him in the press match uh, post-match press conference there as well and you know he, he kind of his answers were quite long and I don't know if he properly was understanding of what he wanted to convey in those moments he keeps building up other teams and building them up to being much higher than Tottenham and I don't get it I don't see how that helps his, not that this should be our concern really on talk of the devils but I don't get how that helps his team get ahead of United well, I, I agree it's, it's, been, it's just an interesting window isn't it in terms of I know it's a, he's the Tottenham manager so maybe we shouldn't dedicate too much time but it is an interesting window into this is what United could have been like I suppose yeah. and actually you hear Ralph Rennick afterwards he's obviously not perfect he's made mistakes for sure but you ask him a question he gives you a pretty good answer um, you know his, his answer to me was was you know, quite funny. You know, he's be, got a sense the best of humor. one. It was, and so, so I think, I think ultimately, yeah, it could have gone for Conte, but Ranić has has done done all right. You know, I think people, I think most fans would go. We can understand the interim thing might have undermined uh, his perhaps responsibility with the players. There's certainly been you know fractions that have, have come out, but I think in terms of in comparison to Antonio Conte, I don't think that really would have worked at Old Trafford. No, and of course Tuesday night is Eric Ten Hag's Ajax in the Champions League as well, which Manchester United fans will be interested in once again, Andy, especially considering the reaction after a French team were knocked out this week. Yes, PSG, we talked about that the other day, didn't we? Just on, on Conte, um, I don't think his English is as good as Ralph Rangnick's. I think he's... What he tried to say was quite considered and his answers were quite long. And I quite like that when a manager tries to explain what he means. It's it's not easy to do that in in a, a different language if you, you're not 100% on that language. But my impression of him after the game was, was a positive one, actually. And he was very complimentary about Ronaldo, who he obviously knows, who he's, who he's obviously worked with as well. I think Tottenham are still a bit spursy. They're still a bit all over the shop, but it's a bit rich for a Manchester United fan to say that because that's exactly <laughs> we've been a bit Spursy, haven't we? Yeah, I've been like that for, for most of the season. And when I watched that game today, I was a bag of nerves first and second half because it was so open. And I've not looked at the, at the possession stats, but I think that Tottenham would would be like 60-40. Yeah, I've not seen them myself either. But to be fair, it did feel yeah. like that, didn't it? Um, one last thing to reflect on, I interviewed John O'Shea after the game. He was a bit concerned about how tired Manchester United looked towards the end of that match. It looked like Sancho was feeling for his groin. Harry Maguire had stretched out more times than I care to mention. Do you think there's any 
any sort of risk of a hangover from this result. Obviously, the boost from the result, but the, what they had to put into the performance. This will be the last question before we get chucked out. Yeah, there could be, and it was uh, somebody who works for United before the game was saying this is the latest kickoff that they could possibly have had. You know, they weren't going to play on a Sunday ahead of a Tuesday game, whereas Atletico Madrid have played on a Friday night. So there's that sort of debate to be had. I suppose the only thing you'd say is if you can't sort of heal some wounds and, and kind of stretch out some tight groins for a Champions League game, then you're in the wrong business. So I think they'll be able to patch themselves up. I think it's very interesting that John O'Shea said that to you because he's been there and done that. Uh, that's an observation and insight that I'd, I'd take on board. As Laurie said, uh, Atletico were given the Friday night slot and somebody said to me, it's nice that La Liga looks after their teams who are doing okay in Europe, isn't it? And that was a pointed remark and, and with some reason as well because... We're talking here now, it's nine o'clock on Saturday night. This wasn't even a three o'clock kickoff or an earlier kickoff. It used to drive Ole Gunnar Solskjaer mad. It really did. Um, Ralph's not really complaining about it. I just think he's, he's just taking everything in his stride and doing, doing the best that he can. But he was smiling tonight and he certainly wasn't a few days ago. Yeah, it's funny after the match speaking to O'Shea because I sort of had to feel myself apologise and say this is all going to be about Cristiano Ronaldo, this interview, considering you played with him. And then that moment just popped back in my head of his debut for Sporting Lisbon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I said, I'm really sorry, John. And he just sort of said, don't worry, mate, you're not the first person who said it to me. Every football club needs John O'Shea. He's every successful football club. They might not be star names, but A, he scored in front of the cop, and B, he was a brilliant servant for Manchester United, playing in numerous positions, including goalkeeper. And you need him. And Manchester United may be guilty of going too much on the big star names and not having enough John O'Shea's around. So, legend. Yeah, and he's still trying to unravel his hips from Cristiano Ronaldo's debut in that friendly all those years ago. It certainly wasn't a friendly here tonight from Cristiano Ronaldo, a brilliant performance that's given everyone hope ahead of Tuesday night, the second leg of the Champions League last 16 against Atletico Madrid. Andy, Laurie, been great to do it with you as always. Andy's looking at his watch. We're about to be chucked out. Laurie's nodding knowingly, and we'll see you on the next one. Enjoy Tuesday. See you after it on Thursday. We'll have all the reaction on Talk of the Devils. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Athletic.